future is now. And welcome to the SVK Crypto Podcast. 15 minutes of crypto value. My name is Charles Story. I will be your host for the next 15 minutes. So coming live from Wapping in East London. So let's get down to business. The show is coming live from the Wapping crib here in East London, Wapping. Uh, the time is 20 minutes past 10. And of course, we got to do the podcast like we do each and every day because that's how we roll. We get it done. I'm really excited to be talking about two different market moving events. One is that Visa goes live with blockchain powered business payment service. And we're also going to be talking about leaked details of India's cryptocurrency bill. And we'll be going through what this is going to mean for India, what this is going to mean for the entire cryptocurrency space and the knock on effects as well. So let's get down to business. Let's jump into today's show because it's an exciting show. Let's get into it. Let's kick things off today and why don't we jump into it? So the, the first thing we're going to be talking about that is of major importance is the fact that Visa has just gone live with blockchain-powered business payment service. So let's jump in to find a little bit more. Visa's blockchain-powered business-to-business payment service, first made public in October 2016, has officially gone live today. As reported by Reuters, the payment giant has launched its Visa business-to-business connect network, a product that was originally developed alongside blockchain startup Chain. Visa B2B Connect at launch will serve businesses seeking to make payments of 30 markets, according to the report, with more than 90 more corridors to be expected to be covered by the close of 2019. The service has been designed to help Visa's corporate clients sidestep the slow correspondent banking network, opening up near instant international payments using a system in part powered by distributed ledger technology. By creating a solution that facilitates direct bank-to-bank transactions, we are eliminating friction associated with key industry pain points. Kevin Fallon, SVP, Senior Vice President, Global Head of Visa Business Solutions, was quoted as saying in a statement, Fallon told Reuters that the network is not fully based on distributed ledger. However, the technology has been used for some elements as it allows more payment information than traditional systems. And while Chain, which builds blockchains to support financial systems, had played a major role in the development of Visa B2B Connect in its early iterations, Visa ultimately turned a hyperledger fabric for the DLT DLT solution. no big surprise there because what's more notable is the fact that Visa took part in Chain's $30 million funding round in autumn of 2015. Visa B2B Connect was first rolled out in a pilot phase to test bank-to-bank connections in November 2017. This is a really, really key story. Why? Because what we're seeing now is large corporations utilizing blockchain technology or an element of blockchain in some way, shape or form, testing the waters out. Once they become more comfortable, they're going to merge out from a private network like a hyperledger that IBM has put together. Once they get more comfortable with the underlying technology, they're going to want to use open source technology to build this out, to take it to the next stage. Now, yes, there'll be an element of privacy, of course, because that's what Visa would require. But what this is, is really exciting because we're starting to see large corporations utilizing just an element of this technology, which is going to lead to great things. 
So great story. Great to hear what Visa's doing. And we wish them the best of luck. Up next, we're going to be discussing India's cryptocurrency bill. And now this is a leaked document. So let's jump into it and uh, see what the document says. So excerpts from the, well, what could be India's new cryptocurrency bill have been leaked. While local media have made outrageous claims about the details of the bill, industry experts have pointed out numerous flaws and inaccuracies. Meanwhile, the country's finance secretary has confirmed that the crypto regulation is ready to be submitted to the finance minister for approval. So the Indian government has been working on a regulatory framework for cryptocurrency for over a year. Last week, Financial Secretary Subhash Chandra Garg revealed that the report containing the recommended crypto regulation is ready to be submitted to the finance minister. He heads an inter international panel tasked with drafting the regulation. The government has not made the details of the report or any draft bill public as of yet. Now, some Indian news outlets, however, claim to have some knowledge of this cryptocurrency bill. While it is unconfirmed whether the bill has cited is the same as the GARG panel will submit to the finance minister. Industry experts have analysed the excerpts and details of the bill and have shared their analysis. Two major Indian news outlets have reported that the bill entitled Banning of Cryptocurrency and Regulation of Digital Currency Bill 2019 is the most... Um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous... The Economic Times wrote about it on April 26th and Bloomberg Quint on June 6th. However, both publications have been vague about their sources, providing no evidence of the bill's legitimacy. The former wrote, The government has kicked off interministerial con consultations on a draft bill to ban cryptocurrencies and regulate official digital currencies. It cited only a government official who did not wish to be named, and certain minutes of the interministerial meeting it had reviewed. The latter publication claims to have accessed the bill and boldly wrote, India proposes 10-year jail for cryptocurrency use. However, an excerpt of the bill shared by the author of the article suggests that only certain activities are penalised and there is no blanket ban on general cryptocurrency use. Following his article on Bloomberg Quint, journalist Nikunj Ohiri tweeted excerpts of the bill he claims to be the one proposed by the Gaga panel. One expert reads, whoever directly or indirectly mines, generates, holds, sells, deals or transfers, deposes or, of, or issues cryptocurrency in any way combination thereof with an intent to use it for any use of the purposes mentioned in or directly or indirectly uses cryptocurrency for any of the activities mentioned in clause E, G and or H of subsection 1 of section 8 shall be punishable with fines as may be prescribed by the central government in the first schedule or which imprisonment which shall not be less than one year but which may extend up to 10 years or both wow i mean that's just ridiculous ohiri did not share the most crucial part of the bill which details the outlaw activities despite attempts by many asking him to why not post the entire document when you have it instead of snippets for all we know now, the activities mentioned here could be money laundering, etc., which are prohibited when done with INR2. A Twitter user replies to Harry's post. I mean, this is just ridiculous because what you have here is a leaked document, supposedly. We don't know if the document's correct. 
it's pretty out there with some of the statements, right? So the first thing to note is there isn't really a blanket ban for imprisonment for 10 years that people are making this out to be. Like, we don't know any of the facts here are true. What we could have is potentially the government leaking the document itself to see how the crypto community has responded, to see where they were wrong and if they were completely wrong at some of the points that they've brought up because they're not up to speed on the, the blockchain and cryptocurrency market. You could have that. But what we are in now is a situation where people are guessing and they haven't built this on any factual evidence. Now, according to Bloomberg Quint, the bill also requires a person holding cryptocurrency to declare and dispose, depose it within 90 days from the date of the commencement of the act. Kashif Raz, a co-founder of Indian platform for blockchain and crypto regulatory news and analysis, Crypto Kanun, Noon Kan, uh, raised many questions regarding the, this requirement, which the government needs to clarify before the bill can progress. Since the country's central bank, the Reserve Bank of India, RBI, has banned banks from providing services to crypto exchanges, he questioned how the government expects the people to exchange their cryptocurrency for rupees. With the banking restrictions, he asked, if the government could be encouraging people to conduct in-person cash transactions and how anyone could be motivated to buy crypto assets, knowing that they'll be made illegal after 90 days. Alternatively, he questioned, if there will be government agencies appointed to buy people's cryptocurrency at market prices, these are some unanswered questions that the government will need to clarify if this requirement were to be enforced. Now, I think it's very unlikely that the Indian government will be buying out any holders of cryptocurrency at market rate to basically get them out of their position so they don't have to hold or deal with cryptocurrency anymore. I do not believe that will happen. Raza also questioned how this law can be successfully implemented and how the government plans to enforce it and ensure compliance of 5 million registered crypto users in India after 90 days. That's a lot. He continued to question how practical it would be to put young people who embrace new innovations behind bars and what the government plans to do with dApp startups since many projects have already gotten funds from banks and investors elaborating. If they don't declare, would the government impound electronic devices of more than 5 million investors? If they declare, would the government offer to redeem their funds as per market price? Very unlikely. The Bloomberg Quint article also notes that the draft bill proposes to amend the Prevention of Money Laundering Act 2002 PMLA to include under its purview transactions like mining, holding, generating, selling, transferring, disposal of cryptocurrency all in all. The root of regulatory or regulating cryptocurrency is not a surprising one. Hatim Hussein, co-author for the Cambridge University Center for Alternative Finance report entitled Global Crypto Asset Regulatory Landscape Study, previously explained to media sources how this law could apply to cryptocurrencies. The use of cryptocurrencies may fall under the PMLA, which carries statutory penalties for up to 10 years imprisonment. It is possible to regulate transactions in cryptocurrencies if they constitute money laundering under PL PMLA Act. Now, it... I mean, nevertheless, the effective application of the PMLA to illegal transactions in cryptocurrencies is a gray area. It is unclear whether the reporting obligations prescribed under Chapter 8, Obligations of Banking Companies, Financial Institutions and Intermediaries of the PMLA Act, would extend to wallet operations or Bitcoin exchanges or any third-party Bitcoin services. He believes that the amendment of 
to the PMLA is certainly a faster process than introducing new legislation, but has to meet the rigorous of Parliament approval in any case, emphasising further clarity by way of amendment or otherwise is indeed required before the government can effectively regulate illegal cryptocurrency transactions under PMLA. So it'll be really interesting to see what the what the vibe is over there, what people are thinking, what people are doing, what this means for the Indian economy, which has been a well-known emerging economy, really tech-heavy, tech-focused um, it would be very odd for them to basically shut down the next wave of technology to come via blockchain. It would be very, it'd be a very strange situation for them to do that. It wouldn't be in their best interest as a company to do that. Now, I understand wanting to understand how can you regulate, how can you tax, how can you make money as a government from this technology. Sure, that makes sense. But going about an all right ban doesn't really make too much sense unless you don't understand what's happening in the space, which could be the case. So listen, with that in mind, that's a wrap. i got to bounce. Thank you for your time and attention as always. Remember, we have an event happening on the 18th of June. If you are in London town, you are invited. Everyone is welcome. The event is going to be titled The Future of Blockchain. It's going to be an awesome event. It's going to be a jam-packed evening. So make sure you get your tickets. The best way to do that is go to Eventbrite, type in SVK Crypto, or feel free to email myself, C-Story, C-S-T-O-R-R-Y, at svkcrypto.com. So let me tell you a little bit about the evening. We're going to have two different panels Panel one is going to be Women in Blockchain. You have Jess Holgrave, the co-host for Women in Blockchain show, and also one of the co-founders of Shias, a female-led block producer. We're going to have Tiana Baker-Taylor, Director of Global Digital Finance on our panel. Anastasia Belvea, who's the co-founder of Fabric Ventures, a very large venture capital firm based here in London, giving their take on what's happening currently in the market. We have a few special announcements to be made on that panel in the next 48 hours. The next panel is the future of decentralized gaming, something that we're all very passionate about here at SVK Crypto. On that panel, we've got John Knight, who's the Vice President of Partnerships at Block V, really, really exciting UK-focused company. Robbie Young, CEO of Animoca Brands. Paul Collins, CEO of Stick Sports. If you've ever played Stick Sports dating back to 2004, guess what? Paul has had something to do with it, and it was probably his game you're playing. James McQuillan, journalist for Blockchain Gamer, a really well-respected magazine an online magazine for that matter, in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. If you've read anything on blockchain and gaming, guess what? You've read some of James's work. Shane Kehoe, co-founder of SVK Crypto, is going to be there in the evening, and I'm sure presenting and doing his thing. And of course, Oliver Mayer, blockchain analyst at SVK Crypto as well. So make sure you don't miss out on the amazing event that's taking place on the 18th of June from 6 till 8 in the evening at WeWork Bishopsgate. So listen, with that in mind, that's a wrap. i got to bounce. Hit us up on Telegram for more information. Type in SVK Crowd, you'll find us. Tweet us at SVK underscore crypto. If you have any questions or queries, feel free to get in touch with myself. C story, C S T O R R Y at SVK crypto.com. That's a wrap, and I've got to bounce. <laughs>